Paul went from a shitty shot to a top beer brand. Twitter gets pumped up over Fat Tire's rebrand. The culture war in America has dragged in craft beer. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer and happy dry January, the month-long festival that traditionally celebrates the miracle of St. Janice, who, having gone into a town and turning the wine there back into water and thus being a witch, the townspeople dunked him in a nearby river until he drowned, proving that he was indeed not a witch, but God resurrected him and he decided to punish the town by decreeing that they all must go a whole month without bathing or swimming in the streams and ponds, a cruel punishment when the festival was traditionally celebrated in mid-July. Uh, in 1733, the festival was moved to January so as not to interfere with King Gabriel Hupperkin's love of skinny dipping. Uh, since then, of course, uh, big hop water has gotten to the mix, and the whole goddamn thing is just way too commercial. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman, and that was an A+. <laughs> uh, Tyler, I assume you are celebrating j- dry January in uh, your traditional fashion, which is uh, to actually uh, uh, increase uh, your intake of beer so as to, uh, 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 to compensate for everybody else's. I am not. <laughs> really? What are we drinking today? I am drinking Sockeye's Hop Water because I am participating in Dry January. I believe that is one of the signs of the uh, uh, the apocalypse right there. <laughs> you know, I, it got to the point where if I would drink a beer, I would almost immediately get heartburn. Didn't matter if it was a domestic, a craft beer, anything. It was like immediate heartburn, and I was like, this might be a sign to take a little break. <laughs> and how two weeks into it, how are you? How are you doing? You I, the, I'm doing great. <laughs> no, I feel great. Like my body's like not as tired. Uh, <laughs> I feel more rested. I lost some weight. Uh, <laughs> And that's the beginning of the end of this podcast where Tyler goes, holy shit, what have I been doing to myself? He's... <laughs> I'm like, I've been playing on hard mode. Why haven't I gone to easy? Uh, no, uh, but I will be hopping back on the wagon of drinking probably tomorrow because I have an event. And uh, they were like, yeah, we have a keg of parabola orange bitters on tap and i'm like yeah fuck dry january I'm I'm, this. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have a glass fuck, of it <laughs> fuck, fuck health fuck feeling better fuck resting better fuck generally be, my mental state of well-being that sounds delicious i don't care if it ruins me <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i am uh i'm doing what i'm uh, more of a uh, uh slightly damp january uh a little bit moist, you could say. Yes, I've also called. I've referred to it as a moist January, even though it makes people kind of go ew. <laughs> um, so I, I've mostly just like oh, I'm gonna. It's mostly a a a, a desire to uh, 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 after coming out of the holidays hungover as hell and <laughs> broke. <laughs> um, and I've got a couple of non-alcoholic uh, beers from uh, Untitled Art. Um, oh, nice. I've started. I've started off so far with the Italian style pills, um, and this is a great example of a uh, of a uh, of an un, of a non-alcoholic beer that's just phenomenal. I mean, it's it's pretty much uh, indistinguishable from a uh, an Italian style style pills. A little bit of like grainy notes on the aroma that kind of say, "Oh, there's this there there's something missing." Um, 
I I like that one. I thought it was a little hoppier than I wanted it to be. Well, an Italian but style, I Italian style pills. It's supposed to be dry hopped and uh, yeah. But I thought it was just a slight, like over, like grassy, slightly bitter flavor. That's fair. But I, in my head, I attributed that to not having the alcohol to kind of balance it down a little bit. You don't miss much of it. I mean, if anything, uh, I feel like the process of uh, deboozifying it um, has given it like a a like a grainy flavor that you wouldn't associate with a nice clean pills. Um, getting rid of the alcohol is like somehow kind of dirtied it up a little bit. I don't know how else to describe it. It's not as clean yeah. as I think a pills should be, uh, but you know. It's for very a, drinkable for a reasonable. It's a reasonable facsimile of a beer. So, yes, uh, I, you know, that's, it's, it's a nice one to, uh, uh celebrate this, uh, uh venerable month. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, 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 might as well get, uh, right into it. Uh, rebranding news, news now, uh, which, Part of me is like, why did this rebrand have to happen in fucking January? Because I totally would have bought the new design and the old design, and we would have had the definitive answer on this podcast. It's not here in this market yet. It's only been, it's just now, uh, uh, it, it, it was as of, I think, two days ago, just uh, uh, starting uh, into the supply chain. It's hitting uh, uh, North Carolina and Colorado first, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Fat Tire. Uh, you know it. You most you likely Used to drink it. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the OGs of the craft beer revolution. One of the, uh, the, the first craft beer that was pretty much available anywhere. Uh, especially on our side of the country, I also think it was one of the first ones that was that had national distribution. Um, yeah, the Belgian amber, supposedly crafted during the founder's bicycle trip through Belgium, though somehow containing almost no characteristics that one might classify as Belgian, except for maybe flavor. When he took that trip, I, uh, I think any beer that had any flavor whatsoever uh, would have been so mind blowing. Um, I mean. I think American beer was basically just if it if if it beer did not look and taste vaguely like horse piss, you're like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> um, it was kind of a foreign idea at the time. Anywho, um, that tire it was the beer that made New Belgium before Voodoo Ranger. Uh, Fat tire is getting rebranded, uh, and that scream you hear is. Uh, uh, a lot uh, is hundreds of people who haven't had it for probably three years screaming about how their favorite beer is, is getting ruined right now. Um, uh, they are uh, uh, revamping their flagship beer. I picked this up from, uh, uh, I actually read a few articles, but I, I, I really enjoyed how it was covered in the Charlotte Observer by Heidi Finley. Um, uh, but also, I mean, I think I think you touched upon something. Uh, it was their flagship beer, Voodoo Ranger. I think is their flagship beer now. Yep. Um, I don't think I, Fat Tire now is, is is sort of in a weird. I I think it was prime for it. Um, the classic uh, amber ale is being altered to make it quote crisper and brighter. Um, New Belgium describes the new beer as quote easy drinking with a medium body, crisp 
finish, a deep gold color. It has a bright flavor profile, slight caramel, and, and floral aromas and light bitterness. Brewmaster Christian Holbrook was quoted as saying, quote, Longtime fat tire drinkers will clearly recognize the original fat tire flavor when tasting the new recipe. So far, many are telling us they prefer the crisper, brighter version and feel excited for the change. Because if there is one thing I can say with confidence about beer drinkers is they are totally comfortable with change. If there's if there's one thing, that, especially in craft beer, that I, I think uh, exemplifies uh, the, your typical craft beer geek, it's how easy and chill they are when you just start making changes to a label or a recipe. Yep. <laughs> and uh, also, I think uh, I, I, that is my official entry into most sarcastic statement of 2023. I'm, I'm, I feel good about this one. I feel good about this one. <laughs> uh, oh, dude. People get protective, and I've seen so many people go on beer Twitter go, if you haven't drank this in the last year, you don't have a right to freak out and bitch about it. Or people being like, you know, I guarantee it was declining sales because no one's drank this in the last couple of years. Uh, so good on them for trying to rebrand and that, uh, reformulate. That literally was my, uh, 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 well, I guess our podcast statement on the, uh, uh, on, on the, uh, 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 I, I I tweeted out at as uh, beer Twitter glow grade loses its shit over a fat tire. I can't help but wonder how many of these people who claim to love and adore fat tire haven't had one in at least a year. Um, I also appreciated um, uh, Austin Beer Works. Uh, their how they weighed in on the uh, on the debate. They said something along the lines of um, I'm not gonna go find it, but they said something along the lines of uh, imagine uh, if if you had a dog uh, with a terminal illness. And an experimental uh, surgery would uh, uh, would save its life. We're talking about fat tire. <laughs> <laughs> and my response to them was, well, it's actually more like there's a dog that I haven't played with in like years. Um, I'm not even sure. I wasn't even aware of its existence. Uh, sometimes I'll play with them if you know if the only other dogs around are like the corporate owned dogs. Um, so I guess I don't know. I really don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah, I'm like, I don't care, but good on you. Uh, um, I I did think it was weird they changed basically the style. Well, that's so the, that's the first thing I noticed. The new recipe allegedly contains the same malts as the original. It does feature, bullshit. It does bullshit. feature all new hops, and it does include raw barley, which apparently lightens the body of the beer. And I say allegedly because, according to pictures of this, and I've and I, I'll put the thing up, looks like fucking Bud Light. <laughs> I've I've got a picture up on our Instagram feed. It's not amber, like you said. No! It looks like it looks like a domestic, maybe a blonde ale. I'm supposed I'm willing to withhold judgment until I get my hands on one. And by the way, as of this article, um, and which this article came out on the 17th, um, it's going out uh, into the market as we speak. Uh, so really, if you are a huge fan of, um, the original fat tire, uh, go forth and stock up because your world is about to collapse. And also really, this is your favorite beer. I mean, I don't mean to judge, drink whatever makes your grapefruit squirt, but this is like getting into painting, but then only watching Bob Ross on a loop. I mean, I get it. The trees look very, very happy, but there's a whole world you could explore. Why did you stop at literally the most boring thing you could find? 
but you know what? Whatever. Go stock up. Um, <laughs> and even did you see the, the did you see the pictures of the the label? I, I assume you saw the picture of the label. Yeah, it's like a knockoff Miller Lite with Bud Light font. That's exactly the same thing I thought. Cause I'm I, with this rebranding. The, the, even the label makes you think dad beer. Um, in when I say dad beer, I don't mean how two people in, in the tap room have uh, have brought me what they called uh, um, uh, old style uh, West Coast IPAs, or and they and they said said to me, um, "This is like your dad's IPA." To which I look at them and said. So when you say your dad's IPA, you mean my IPA? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I'm like, so like the, the, the IPAs that people would have drunk in like the early teens. Me. You're saying it's saying it's for me. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> your dad's IPA. Um, but no, white, white can, blue oval label. In fact, this is more than dad's beer. It's his grandpa's beer, which is probably what they were going for. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I I like the retro Miller Lite cans, but I don't know if I'm feeling this. It it feels like they're they're reaching in too many different ways. Listen, the kids are apparently into double bridge glasses, checkered pants, and hats that don't that don't look so much designed as molded. Um, so maybe that's the, that's the, a brilliant way of hitting a, a, a this strange demographic. You know, if Voodoo has taught me anything, it's that there's some marketing geniuses uh, at work there, and then we'll have to wait and see um, if they're if this is brilliant or if it's not. Um, like I said, I think we'll I, I'm going to withhold judgment. Um, uh, uh, until we until we get our hands of it on it and can do a proper review. Um, well, also, I feel this is another sign of the coming apocalypse. Fat tires no longer amber. Uh, Rogue dead guys, an IPA now. Uh, and someone tweeted out, "Fat tire no longer an amber. Rogue dead guy now an IPA. It ain't 1998 anymore." And Rogue then tweets at them and goes, you can change a flat tire, but you can't change dead guy. But you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you denstrably did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that uh, uh, having gotten my head on, uh, hands on the uh, dead guy uh, IPA, it's not bad. Uh, I I question the uh, the 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 uh, uh, wisdom of taking your flagship beer and making it an IPA like everyone else. But I mean, I think the, the only go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, the only thing I could think of is they are going to do that. Keep the original dead guy and try to run it like a hazy little thing series where dead guy or voodoo ranger where dead guy is literally just everything. Um, that guy has his own Instagram page, just like being dead with beer. Um, the, and I think when you think about fat tire and dead guy, uh, they are sort of relics from early craft beer when Amber ales were the thing that was carrying craft beer because it was, they were malt forward. They had wider appeal. They were very flavorful. Um, and I, they, uh, you know, your your basic American amber ale pulled uh, 
a, a lot of people into the craft beer scene, but that's the, the style itself is, is, um, is fading away. And, uh, it, it sort of makes sense that if you would, if, if you're, if your, uh, flagship beer was an American Amber Ale, some, uh, you know, some decades ago, although it should be noted that, um, uh, uh, dead guy is actually a Maybach. Uh, hopped, yeah. uh, uh, hopped Maybach. Um, mm-hmm. um, that that some that it may be time to rethink. Uh, try try to reposition yourself. Now IPA makes more sense than Blondale, but yeah. But we will we we will we will just have to see uh, if if this is brilliant or indeed uh, goddamn stupid. Uh, Tyler, uh, what do you got next for us? Well. We're going to dive into how Fireball, the shitty shop, became a top beer brand. <laughs> this is one of those things where we're going to we're going to go, but 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 it's not beer. But it is. <laughs> Explain. So, Sazerac, the parent company of Fireball, um, has released a new. Ready to drink cocktail, basically, where it is just a malt version of their Fireball whiskey that comes out at sixteen point five. Yes, sixteen point five percent ABV, um, plus a lemonade and apple flavored Fireball RTD at ten percent. Um, where they actually partnered with AB InBev to sell this alongside similar malt-based extensions uh, of Southern Comfort in grocery stores, convenience stores, and bodegas across the country because that allows them to sell their product to people outside of just the regulated liquor stores that most states only allow liquor to be sold in. So, let's hop into some of the numbers here. Um, Their malt-based sales now make it the 22nd largest beer vendor year-to-date in IRI multi-outlet and convenience scans. Jesus Christ. Yep. It's just behind Canarchy's total sales of $81.6 million. and if you only count seat convenience stores, it's actually the 15th biggest supplier by dollars, raking in $70 million in 2022 in convenience stores alone. I mean, when you think uh, when you when you think about uh, uh, Fireball malt liquor or whatever, whatever it is, uh, yeah, uh, uh, convenience store seems to be the, the, the natural outlet for that. That's, you know. You're picking up a a a a, a, a bag of uh, uh, all those fucking way too hot Cheetos like things. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just, just give me one of those. Just give me give me a dad's IPA. My point is, is you've already you're you're already going in there to kill yourself slowly. This seems like a good way to do it. Yep. Uh, Takis. So Takis. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so 
with this, uh, they Sazerac fully reformulated this so it could be completely legal to be sold in stores. It doesn't have any liquor in it, uh, which is part of the reason they're getting sued. <laughs> I missed that part of the story. Who, who are they being sued by? He hopes. He hopes <laughs> with all his hope that it is. Customers. Really? Claiming that it's misleading because they thought it was a just basically a watered-down liquor version. But what do you think they make um, liquor out of? But it's there's no distillation. That's why it's able to be sold yeah, in yeah. stores. So they people there's a class action suit going on right now, suing them for misleading advertising and false advertising because uh, they made it look like it was just a lower alcohol version of the same liquor, not a malt-based beverage. So what I'm hearing is, is that in 2023, we have not one, but two different litigations predicated on the definition of beer. Yes. Uh, and the Vine Pair article actually talks about uh, how... What is the definition of beer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, this podcast may come full circle where we get the rulings and go, fuck it, it's all beer. Wine, yep. it's beer. Uh, <laughs> seltzer, it's beer. Uh, you know what? If you you shat in a bucket and let it ferment for, for a week, that's beer too. Yeah. So part of the reason why they want to do it, according to Sazerac, is, I mean... It took them from, if you're a liquor company nationwide, you can sell about to about 40,000 like retail off-premise locations. Uh, whereas beer, you have over 200,000 retail outlets that oh, you yeah. can sell to. So huge, well, huge jump. Well, and even, and, even in states where... Uh, where there is no differentiation differentiation on where you can sell liquor uh, and and beer, quite a lot of times there is still higher taxes, you know, uh, limits to distribution. There are other hurdles you have to go through with liquor that just don't exist in beer, even if it's even if you can buy liquor at the supermarket. Um, I mean, yeah. even the federal tax rate. Uh, makes it that's you know that's famously why Sam Adams uh, a couple years ago uh, made their you know long drink the bevy um, uh, they made it they made it by uh, through fermentation making it very clear that although their their version of a long drink uh, uh, was based on the idea of a, a a gin cocktail there was and we want to be totally clear here absolutely no gin in this mm-hmm which funny enough, uh, the article uh, has a quote from Jim Coke, the founder of Boston Beer Company, <laughs> uh, who basically says, for 20 years, spirit companies have eaten our lunch. Let's not let them eat our dinner and is opposed to spirit companies getting into the malt-based RTD where they can sell in other retail outlets. Because if you speak to any beer rep and go, oh, 
What about liquor reps? They go, that's where all the money is. They make more money. They have bigger expense accounts to just fucking buy shit and give shit away. If a bar wants something, they go to liquor reps, not beer reps for free shit. Now, that makes sense. Well, and they, and I mean, the rise of the, the rise of artisanal distilling, notwithstanding, um, I mean, we're slowly getting there, but, but mostly when you're talking about, uh, about liquor, you're talking about multinational corporations with what is essentially unlimited resources. Uh, yep. Companies, companies on the size of AB InBev. Bigger. Uh, but yeah. So to kind of wrap up the article, uh, they say the Fireball's cinnamon success proved yet again. If you want to build a major beer brand, you gotta sell the American public what they want, where they want it. Even if it's barely beer at all, <laughs> I mean, if uh, they may, there's something in my sad in my soul that and what they want is cinnamon candy that gets you shit faced with propylene glycol in it. <laughs> uh, give the people what they want uh, a, a a slow and 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 sad end of their miserable lives. <laughs> Jeremy, what do we got next? Uh, hey, who wants to talk about politics news now? Where where, where is everybody going? Where, come back, come back. Um, and we're not even drinking. <laughs> <laughs> we might by the end of this article, we might go. No, fuck it, fuck dry January. Right, and it's stupid ass. We're we're going. We're we're breaking out the liquor right now. Um, listen, when politics becomes all things, necessarily all things become political. And when the country is at a point when uh, that, that that when all that's keeping us from a full-on civil war is the fact that a pitched battle is really really hard work, way too much cardio. It's much easier to jam deep-fried mayonnaise ball into our, mayonnaise balls into our fat fuck face and scream at strangers. Uh, yes, I believe the only thing that keeps this country together right now is that we're too fat and lazy to split apart. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Send your send your comments to it's all beer at gmail.com uh, and address them to Tyler. <laughs> We're like that 70s Catholic couple who hate each other but are too but refuse to get divorced because of Jesus. Not even that. We're just like we'd have to go we have to get out of our chairs to go get the paperwork. Let's just like paint a line and through the middle of the house. Um Anyway, the, the, the dumbest civil war in the history of the world has arrived at the tap room. Brace yourselves. Uh, this actually this comes from Vine Pear by Dave Infante. Um, and he tells the story of Switchyard Brewing in Bloomington, Indiana. I challenge you to find a more boring place in, anywhere in the country. I dare you. Listen, Indiana is more boring than Ohio, and I'm pretty sure Ohio's state motto is meh. Anyway, Switchyard Brewing... <laughs> Has a lot of regular events. Check! <laughs> Mark off Indiana. <laughs> and Ohio again. Switchyard Brewing has a lot of regular events. On any given month, you're likely to find music bingo, uh, parents and pints, a special event where the brewery is made safe for your little shitlands to roam around while you get necessarily uh, tanked. Um, euchre tournaments... 
trivia and until just recently family friend a family friendly drag brunch where families could gather uh, uh the grown-ups could have a pint and watch a drag show and the important thing to know is that this is a reoccurring event uh, i'm not sure how long it went on uh but uh uh what wasn't sure how long it went on before uh, uh the incident uh but if you know anything about right-wing nut job fever swamps right now you can pretty much predict what happened um, you name it, we heard it, uh, that, uh, said, uh, Curtis Cummings, uh, the brewery's founder, uh, people stating that there'd be huge crowds protesting the event, that we're indoctrinating children, that we were pedos, that we'd better make it 18 or over or bad things would happen. Um, around the same time last year, Brewmaster's Tap Room in Renton, Washington, um, who had been hosting Drag Queen Story Hours for about a year and a half, suddenly found themselves under attack by the winged monkeys of the right-wing media that culminated in someone uh, opening fire on the brewery. Um, uh, luckily, no one was in at the no one in the brewery at the time. The the damage was pretty much restricted to uh, the plate glass window uh, out front, but. Uh, we're at the point where people are pissed off and uh, shooting at breweries, which you'd think that the place that makes beer would be safe. You would think. The reason Does no one have any goddamn decency anymore? The reason this is worth bringing up uh, is that uh, we've talked in the past uh, about the fact that research shows that values are increasingly... Uh, they increasingly matter in business uh, and especially in the craft beer business and customers, especially our generation or younger are taking values into consideration when they are, when they're making purchasing decisions. And we did this whole piece. I think it was last year where we talked about mm -hmm. where we talked about how the conventional wisdom of keeping politics um, and your values out of business um, was, was, uh, you know, that was, increasingly becoming uh, outdated the idea uh, uh, showing what you value and what your and what your values were and acting upon it uh, lended an air of authenticity that actually helps your bottom line um, it's important to know that only Matt, that only uh, that only uh, works if you actually believe the shit you're saying and not just doing it to make money mm -hmm. um, but uh, and you know it, and when you're making a niche product, you can afford to lose people who might be turned off by putting your values on display. And they very well could be, well, they support this, that, or the other thing. I don't want to drink their beer, and that's kind of fine. You're not going to lose millions and millions of customers. And by the way, the customers that you retain will probably be more loyal. Um, mm -hmm. And very quickly, yes, this is an article about those who advocate for mostly progressive values. Conservative values... They're safe, okay? No one's shooting up your joints. I think the worst thing that anyone's done to a brewery out of advocating for conservative values, and there are a few, mostly you're going to get is people going, yeah, I don't want to deal with there. They seem kind of douchey. Um, that's about as bad as it's going to get. Uh, and so you don't really have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about Mormon suicide bombers. You don't have to worry about this. It's just a situational thing. Um, we're getting to the... But we're getting to the point in this country where standing up for your values, depending on what they are, might cost you more than your fucking Fox News addicted uncle refusing to drink their beer. Um, here in Boise, you know, and uh, the couple of examples that we gave, you know, they're advocating for uh, gay rights, trans rights, 
the the you know the ability for people to be out and visible, um, and that you know, again look at national news you you understand immediately what's going on. But it's not. But even, but even that's uh, those are the extreme examples. But I was reminded that here in Boise. Um, a local tap room got mobbed by a bunch of proto-fascist lunatics because they had the audacity, the fucking audacity, to take COVID seriously. Um, it didn't. It didn't matter much. Basically, the, the, there were a bunch of uh, people mad about having to being asked to wear masks in Boise, so they went to all the businesses that advocated for that, and were basically a pain in the ass until they got asked yep. to leave. Um, so I mean, it's not. It wasn't really a dangerous situation. It was an annoying situation uh, that disrupted business, and it was not. Was it's still not good. The headline of the article uh, was "The Culture War Has Come to Craft Brewing: Time to Pick a Side," which, frankly, I hate. Uh, but it rings true to a certain horrifying degree. Uh, this "with us or against us" mentality is goddamn stupid. But when, as I said, when politics becomes all things, uh, all things are political. I can't blame a business owner for trying to keep their head down and try to please the most amount of people possible, but I sense that even in my job, people wanting to know what fucking side I am in this aggressively stupid national hissy fit we are on. I'm guessing you get that every once in a while, too. Yeah, not as much in my role. Uh, and usually if someone tries to bring that up, I'm like, I just don't talk about that at work and push past it. What happened to the days of if someone supports or, you know, wants to promote something that you don't like, don't go there. Uh, I mean, though, uh, we're, we're way past that now uh, uh, because people will go there. Uh, you have to threaten them so that they stop doing it. Um uh, and since we're already well off topic, here's what side I'm on. Uh, the late, great George Carlin once said, uh, they get us fighting amongst ourselves so that they, the rich, can run off with all the fucking money. Uh, fairly simple tactic. Happens to work. Um, and I'm on the side opposite of that. I'm against the fucking billionaire plutocrats that are stealing all your shit. Uh, I want them to stop <laughs> taking our fucking money. And anyone, anytime you want to join me on this uh, fight that actually matters, that would be super fucking duper. But anyway... Uh, that being said, I I don't fault I don't fault the people who are just trying to get through this. But for those whose businesses is more than just an income stream and want to use their space and their product and their community to advocate for something, um, shit may well go down at this point. Um, and it's important to plan for that. Uh, Cummings, the uh, uh, the owner of Switchyard, said, uh, "quote The number one thing to do is develop a plan for emergencies, uh, be it." be it a bitchy phone message to some dickless lunatic saying he's going to shoot up the place. Uh, coming advises sharing the threat with law enforcement, with your staff, with performers. But whatever you do, do not share it on social media so they don't know how you are responding. This is a war, after all. Keep your troop movements on the DL. Um, uh, the owner of Brewmaster uh, uh, added that as long as you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, the community will be there for you. And as weirdly pie in the sky as that seems, she was right in both these instances. Uh, both uh, in, in both instances, uh, the threat were, was met, met by waves of support in, for, in the form of counter-protesters advocating for their space um, and, and their brewery and their right to have whatever the kind of hell event they want to have. And these sad incel trolls ran away to cry and masturbate as they are wont to do. <laughs> I guess I'm... 
I, the point I'm getting to is values matter. Um, and there are, there are some out there that are very much under attack right now. Uh, craft beer industry, more often than not, has built itself on progressive ideals, some of which has very much failed to live up to in the past few years. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, uh, <laughs> Just listen to the podcast and you'll... We, we've covered pretty much all of it. Uh, shit's getting real out there. Uh, um we're going to see a select, select few who really believe in those ideals and who are uh, and those are trying to make a buck. Spend your money accordingly. Uh, and it's pretty much the only right you have left of the plutocracy. You're all getting fucked. Deal with it. You know what? I'm getting off topic again. Um, the per, but the point, point is, the person running a fucking drag show at a in, tap room in Bloomington, fucking Indiana is not your enemy. He suffered enough. He's in Bloomington, Indiana. It's, it's the billionaire who's already bought that fucking state. Uh, there I go, picking sides again. <laughs> Tyler, what do you got for us? <laughs> Actually, I want to take, take one uh, quick moment. I, I, I've moved on to the uh, 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 S'mores Dark Brew from Untitled Art. Um, this one's pretty good. It's, it is at, as advertised. It tastes of, of s'mores. Yeah. Also, I've noticed anytime I have like a stout or a porter and a beer, it is a lot harder to tell that it is non-alcoholic. I think by virtue of the fact, I mean, big, heavy stouts are always a better medium in which to hide flaws. Mm -hmm. Even even strictly planned for flaws like the lack of booze. Um, you're right, the Black Butte Porter N.A., was really good when it was available. I think it's coming back soon. Uh, this uh, is... I saw it at the store the other day. Okay. I knew it was coming back soon. Uh, this is quite good. The uh, Athletic Dark is quite good. Uh, uh, I think the uh, I think the answer is, if you're doing Dry January, uh, stick to stouts. Yep. It's 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 harder to it's harder to, to you'll you'll trick your liver into uh in into a submission. Yep. Uh, speaking of Dry January. Uh, Vine Pair came out with an article that was the best hop waters of 2023. Um, so if you're going hop water, what's that? First of all, where have you been? Second of all, it is carbonated water with hops. Pretty self-explanatory. It's LaCroix. Uh, it's La it's hop flavored LaCroix. It's how I've explained it to people. Yep. Um, uh, but I mean, the category is still in its infancy, uh, but the article does talk about how uh according to insights from nielsen Hopwater brought in 5.5 million dollars in sales between august 2021 and august 2022 uh up 142 and a half percent in just two from Jesus the two Christ. years prior yeah so it's taken off um and they kind of broke down a list of their favorite hop waters for different categories. The, um, different category, different categories of hop water. Yep. So their best hop water for the hop heads out there is the Sierra Nevada hop splash, according to them, hmm. which we can get locally. I have not had um, one. It's pretty good. It's not my favorite. Uh, made with citra and amarillo um and i get almost too much of like the like hop grassiness characteristic coming through on it that's a pretty common um, flaw that i find in hop waters is that it's that that really bitter 
grassy lawn clipping quality it, it comes out too much and what you end up with is kind of this yeah this dry resiny mouthfeel that kind of lingers mm-hmm. um the best hop water for newbies they said is the hop water lime from hop water uh h-o-p-w-t-r um is that all they do is that a brand that does nothing but hop water correct Huh. Uh, so it is a hopped fruit flavor offer offering with lime aroma. Their best hop tea is from Hoplark. It's their mosaic hop sparkling greed tea, um, which I think Hoplark you can get here in town as well. I haven't. If you if you can, I have not seen it, nor has anybody uh, uh, pointed it out to me. I want to say I saw it at Whole Foods or the Co-op the other day. Gotcha. Uh, those be the those would be the 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 local uh, uh, specialty uh, markets in town. Um, the best hop water for trendsetters is the Hoplark sparkling water with Sabro hops. <laughs> everything, out, everything out of your mouth right there was the most hipster thing ever. <laughs> yep. Um, the Lagunitas Hoppy Refresher comes in for the best hop water for everyday drinking. I was, and... I was, I was wondering, because for, for, for my money and the ones I've tried, and apparently I have some catching up to do, um, but the, uh, I've done a couple of taste tests with, uh, uh, with the available hop waters that, I, that, that I've had in the, in the store, and Lagunitas is still far and away the best one. Yep, I, I was going to say... I agree. Their Hoppy Refresher is number one still. Um, the next one is Best Limited Edition Hop Water from Athletic Brewing, their Daypack Hibiscus Lemongrass Hop Water. Okay. Uh, now, I, I, w- I was wrong. That was the most hipster thing I've ever <laughs> you've ever said. Yep. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Top yourself. That is the, that is the end of their list. Uh, but so it got me thinking, um, you know, outside of the Lagunitas Hoppy Refresher here in town, uh, we get Sockeye Brewings. We have Lumberbeards. Does Pelican send their hop water? Pelican has not yet. I don't think, um, we have a local, um, we have a local producer, uh, the Boise Fermentation Company. Uh, does small runs of theirs. Uh, we also get the. We, you mentioned we get the Hoppy Refresher. Um, uh, Aslan uh, came out with came out oh. with theirs, um, or at least, or or at least the, their local rep brought me a sample. I wasn't sure if it was available or if he was just having me try it, um, but it was not great. <laughs> to oh be no! It I, that was one of the times we put a bunch of them uh, side to side and. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it just, it just wasn't there yet. Yeah. Um, and I had one when I was up in Montana from Ghostfish, the gluten-free brewery, which I was like, oh, that's a fucking genius idea. I mean, you're already not using gluten. Might as well make a fucking hop water. (laughs) You're already almost not making beer, uh... Although, Might as again, well. again, as we've discovered earlier in this episode, fuck it, hop water is beer too. Let's go nuts. 
<laughs> it's got <laughs> two of the. It's got three of the four ingredients. That's enough, right? That's like that's three fourths of the Rahitskabat. Yep, uh, but it just got me. It really kind of showed me that article how much that is a ta- a growing segment, and I'm curious to see in another year just how big Hopwater's gotten you know, where the qualities move to and what we have available locally. Um, so. Obviously, you know, we, we're, we're just now seeing this emerge, but um, uh, it, from, from uh, uh, my perspective uh, in uh, for sales of hop water, we seem to have peaked last year. Um, uh, let me ask you what you're, what, what you, what you're seeing. And uh, 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 you know, do you, do you see this as something that, that we're we haven't seen the peak yet is it uh when do you think it will peak or and is this something that's going to stick around or is this going to be that weird thing we did in the early 20s uh i think it'll stick around i think the peak is still to come uh because it's still so young in the situation where more and more people are starting to hear hop water know what it is know an idea of what it should taste like and it'll never be something huge, but it'll take off every January. Um, especially if you start getting bars, that'll start incorporating it into cocktail menus, uh, for a fun little take on, Oh, we do this gin and tonic with this hop water made from this company I even or thought about it uh, thought, thought about its use as a mixer that's actually kind of interesting in and of itself yeah and i i've played around you can make some solid gin and tonics some ranch waters with it it just adds a whole nother mm-hmm. uh layer to having uh, a cocktail that you're making without having to add extra ingredients because it's already pre-canned or pre-bottled and you just pour so when you're so, so when you're uh, uh, done with uh, you, we've been drinking hop water all of dry January and you're ready ready to leap off that wagon but not really but you still have a half a case of uh, of, of hop water laying around throw some tequila in that shit and have a and there you and go have a, and have a happy fucked up February. <laughs> I'm hoping that takes exactly. Me. I'm, I'm I'm copywriting that. I'm copyright fucked up February. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. Uh, oh yeah, Tyler. Do you have anything else for us? Yeah. So at Water Brewing, out like, of it sounds Detroit, like Parker wants to say something. Yep. She <laughs> she's a little upset. Uh, she's like, "What the fuck, dude?" Uh, Fireball makes a beer. Uh, <laughs> Is that what she's been pissed off about this entire time? Seriously, it's fucking beer. I'm I'm not even two years old, and I know the definition of beer. What is wrong with you people? You are destroying it. I haven't even gotten any of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Detroit's largest brewery, Atwater Brewing, which I'm pretty sure Molson Coors owns now, because uh, I feel like we went over that in one of the previous episodes, uh, created... Uh, an artificial intelligence created IPA. So they used an AI program to whip up an IPA with a blend of Centennial, Citra, and Amarillo hops, uh, resulting in tropical and citrus flavors and aroma. 
Uh, they said they can't wait for everyone to try the first AI-designed beer, uh, which um, it is AI-designed but human-brewed, so don't worry, brewers. You're doing that Computers the aren't taking you're, your job. You're doing that the wrong way around. Designing the beer is supposed to be the fun human part of it. Brewing it is, is the stupid mechanical shit. Put the robot in charge of making the beer so you can just th fuck, think of fucked up things to put in it. Um, I also wanted to... I also quickly looked it up. Yeah, uh, confirmed Atwater was uh, uh, purchased by uh, Molson Coors in January 22nd of 2020. So, yeah. Yep. So they will be charging $2.001 per pint. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, the price point is a homage to Hal's 9000 Odyssey, spinoff of 2001 A Space Odyssey, the IPA is 6.55% 6 and exclusively sold on tap at the pub. They do know how that movie uh, ended, right? They, that, that, how, <laughs> um, how didn't, uh, 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 like get into brewing while on the trip to Jupiter. Um, and then like come up with a cup up with, uh, the first IPA recipe, which everybody, uh, in orbit really enjoyed and thus diffusing the, uh, inherent cold war. Uh, that is not how that movie ended. <laughs> uh, but it ended up, it, it uh, ended with a, it ended up <laughs> him uh, confusingly ending up as a fetus. I don't know what, and monkeys bashing each other with, uh, with bones. Um, <laughs> Maybe bashing a fetus. I, I really don't. I, I was high most of it. Uh, but the beer is released January 19th. So today, the day of this recording. Um, so if you find yourself in Detroit, you can go try. Uh... <laughs> if, if you find yourself in Detroit and uh, and already have lost uh, your uh, all uh, hope for humanity, go have a completely computer-made beer and uh, just uh, welcome your new world robot or overlords because it's got to be better than what we've done. Hey, but it's only $2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I am way too sober for this podcast. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything else for us today? That is it for me. Okay, well, uh, this has been uh, It's All Near Beer. Uh, uh, if, you, if, if, if you live in Ohio, Indiana, and, and are pissed off at us now... Detroit! <laughs> Uh, you can get a hold of us. Uh, we have an Instagram where I put up put up uh, uh, pictures of this, that, and the other thing. Any uh, things I come across uh, on uh, on my travels that I think uh, are uh, worthy of note, uh, you can find that uh, it's all beer. Also, our Facebook page where we um, uh, post uh, episode updates and other little tidbits. Uh, it's all beer. Our Twitter account. Um, uh, it's all beer one. Um, it's it, it's still there. Uh, Elon Musk has uh, uh, managed to limp it along a lot longer than I uh, would have would have assumed. Um, it's still semi-functional, so uh, we're still posting the stories we uh, uh, use to make this podcast up there. Uh, and if you want to want to uh, speak directly to us, um, uh, it's all beer at gmail.com. Uh, we still do actually accept rocket donkeys. Uh, rocket donkeys is still a really, uh, form of uh, communication. Um, and if you uh, uh, like this podcast and uh, want to leave us a review, you can do so on iTunes, on Stitcher, or uh, Facebook. Uh, uh, if we made you giggle uh, or think about things and or, or question everything, uh, 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 let us know. Um, and uh, uh, that will be quite enough for us. Uh, I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to cry softly to myself. Have fun. <laughs>